0: Welcome to this episode of the Price Lab podcast. In this series, we are going to talk to some of the students we've worked with over the years. For this episode, I'm happy to introduce to you Joel Lee. Joel graduated in 2021 with a minor in digital humanities and worked on several projects sponsored by the Price Lab. My name is Joel Lee.
1: I um, I was a class of 2021 Penn grad, and I was in the College of Arts and Sciences. I did a major in English, and I did a second major in computer science. Right now, I am the 2021-2022 Digital Humanities Associate Fellow at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, and I'm doing a project on the American press. I was in the College of I was always in the Art, College of Arts and Sciences, um, and you, you don't have to declare a major until the end of your sophomore year, at least when I was there. And so, I was taking a, a, a bunch of classes, and I kind of gotten really interested in some of the English classes that I was taking. But I was also taking some computer science classes and I was considering maybe transferring to the engineering school, but I decided to stick with English. And my sophomore spring, I just saw that there was this class called Intro
0: to Digital Humanities. Joel is talking about the class now known as Data Science and the Humanities. It is one of the foundation classes in the minor and introduces students to data-driven approaches to humanities research.
1: You know, I, I thought it was like, Seemed interesting because um, I was also doing some computer science. And I believe it was it was the second iteration of the class that Scott taught the spring of 2019. And then, yeah, basically afterwards, I didn't I didn't really have anything to do for the summer, so I just asked him if he had any work. And um, they were running this kind of like summer job with Penn Libraries to work on some projects, and that was that was kind of the beginning that that class. But I, I wasn't really convinced enough to transfer out of the College of Arts and Sciences, and I, I quite enjoyed the English major. So it was really like, I was just kind of pursuing both of these things. And I, I had no idea that there was like this whole field that was kind of in this gap in the middle until I took this class. And and then I was just kind of super interested in, in what was what was going on. But yeah, I would say it's different in that I didn't really have this particular like, area of humanities that I was really impassioned about and wanted to you know do some kind of digital work in that area. It was more like I was just kind of pursuing these two things and there just happened to be this class where they were
0: exploring the middle of them. It's easy to imagine there is this stark STEM versus humanities divide, but Joel is proved that smart, curious people are often attracted to both I like the way Joel describes digital humanities as a place where students explore what's between them.
1: It was a product of the English department that made me really interested in the humanities, I think. I just really loved the Penn English department. I think they did they have amazing classes, amazing professors. And I was just kind of swept up by that. I had never I never considered studying English coming into Penn until I took their classes on a whim. And I had just like taken some computer science courses because I was just kind of tangentially interested. And, you know, maybe at that time I was like considering it as a career. But I really had never in those, in those beginning English classes, there was never really this thought of like using digital tools or digital methods.
0: Like there were just kind of two separate things that I was just trying to do. Digital humanities is such a sprawling set of techniques, methodologies, and practices that it's difficult to define. Joel has come up with a quick way to describe what he does to the people he works with.
1: I was kind of thinking of this of just like, you know, when I'm meeting people here in DC, like And they ask me what I'm doing. I kind of, I kind of do have to explain what DH is. And usually what I say is just using digital tools to support research in the humanities, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is the most like simple and intelligible like answer. And then, you know, maybe if they want more explanation, I would say like that it could be, you know, something as simple as like setting up a website to showcase your work. But it also could be as complex as you know, having like computational methods be the integral part of your like research project in the humanities. That kind of also gives like a the context of how broad the field is and how it it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different projects. But in general, like I feel like that first sentence that digital tools, digital methods, but the content is is humanities focused. That seems to like that seems to work, be understandable to people from my experience uh, explaining it to them.
0: The number of DH classes grew as every semester. So I asked Joel if he had any favorites he would recommend. A class that I actually would
1: recommend that I don't think is entirely on the radar of the Price Lab is a class in the NETS department. It's called NETS 213. I took it the last semester of college. It's called Crowdsourcing and Human Computation. It's taught by this professor, uh, Chris callison Birch, CCB. It is a bit, might be a bit daunting to an ex- inexperienced programmer uh because it's you know it's it's like a nets class it's like within the computer science department um but it really is all about all about crowdsourcing um, from a variety of different lenses Uh, it actually touches quite upon like the humanistic lens of crowdsourcing but also goes into kind of like the methods and the nuts and bolts of quality control in a crowdsourcing project and it's a project related class so by the end of it you're kind of you have to build a project
0: uh, using some kind of crowdsourcing component. Students miss out on new experiences if they only think about college as career preparation. However, Joel did mention that this class was good training for his current job. The Holocaust Museum has a crowdsourcing project called History Unfolded,
1: where they ask people to upload news articles like of their local papers or papers that they find about events throughout the Holocaust. Um, and I think there's there's so much to kind of unpack and to explore in the DH world as it relates to crowdsourcing and trying to like see how we can utilize the crowd, so to say, to
0: to answer uh, DH questions. I was curious what made the biggest impact on Joel as he worked his way through the minor. I was impressed that he talked about studying critical reactions to DH methods.
1: I think the thing that has left the biggest impression on me it was partially through Scott's class, also partially. Through the independent study that I did with Dr. English on, um, it was basically like DH methods, but specifically in literary studies. And in that class, we read a bunch of stuff about people who didn't like DH, uh, who were like critical of it, who had written papers that were critical of it, or you know, articles. Um, and we also kind of touched upon that in in Scott's class too. And they're not unfounded criticisms at all. And that was something that I definitely took away. You know, I think we need to be really like critical and rigorous with our use of DH.
0: Joel mentions that DH researchers need to be more critical of their tools and methods, and I think this is a really powerful reminder. It's very easy to find a tool that seems to work even if you don't know exactly how it works, or download a data set without thinking critically about what bias might be lurking behind the numbers. A big part of DH for the Price Lab is making sure students are critical users of technology.
1: What we're doing here is not like everyone gets a graph, everyone gets a website, everyone gets a visualization. Let's take all of these projects that were just about reading reading books and papers and make it, make it a map. But we need to like consider the effect that doing that has on the project, its usefulness, whether or not we should even do it. Does, it. does making things digital or using digital tools misrepresent the data that we're working with? A lot of the things that I have to consider when I'm working with newspapers right now is the comprehensivity of how many newspapers I have. Can I really make geographical claims about an area if I'm not covering my bases about how like how big my data set is and how many do I think I don't have or may never have access to. Those are a lot of things that were kind of really ingrained in me after both taking those classes and working on DH projects. Of course it's exciting and it's new and you know people want to be a part of it, but you know, also, it's like a lot of times we're working with with delicate subject matters. You know, these things aren't just, let's use tech willy nilly and however way we please to make things look cool. Knowing when to like kind of not use these methods or knowing when to say, hey, I think we can just, you know, use paper and pencil and just use our brains to think about what's going on here. That has, I feel like the DH that I was engaged in at Penn really trained me to have that kind of working knowledge of navigating that, of saying like where where it may, might fall short or where people have legitimate objections to some of the DH stuff that we're doing. That's like, I think that is super important when you're teaching DH at any university is to talk about like the criticism basically. So that that has definitely like had the most impact as I've thought about DH in my own research and doing my work at the Holocaust Museum because, you know, Talking about sensitivity of content here doesn't doesn't get more
0: sensitive than that. As Joel makes clear, it's not the case that the humanities and computer sciences have to be totally separate. They can inform each other. Some of these computer science courses that just had no
1: reference to digital humanities just had me thinking about oh like what are what are some ways that I could like kind of use what I've learned here or like that like a institution or a library could use some of these like computer science concepts in their work. When I was taking my English classes, there was just another part of this imagination. You know, what can I really do for this final project? I know a lot of English classes are like, you can do something digital. So I was like, I'll do something digital. And, you know, some of these classes that, you know, don't, again, like don't really explicitly talk about DH as a field, just me being part of the Penn Libraries team for two years and being a part of the Price Lab opened up my mind to a whole bunch of other things that I could be doing in both my computer science classes and my English classes, which seemingly like didn't talk about DH, but where DH was relevant and applicable, but it was really just like up to me to try and imagine those things or realize them, you know, because we, we don't have a DH major, you know, my coursework can't all be about DH. So part of it is, you know, like how are you going to take what you've learned in some of these other classes uh, that the professor might not be in- inclined to do DH or, or know that much about it and kind of have to carve out
0: your, own little corner. DH has a reputation for being very collaborative, which means there are often opportunities for students to get involved in faculty research projects.
1: I would also say a big thing that I feel like has stuck with me since graduating when I talked to some of my other just classmates who've graduated with me is I thought that the Price Lab was great for mentorship, also the humanities at Penn. It was, it was great my second two years to have that kind of mentorship Um, especially from Scott and Dr. English, because Dr. English was also my major advisor. Yeah, just like having a department or like even a small team and group of people who were kind of really encouraging me. They
0: were basically the reason why I declared the second major in computer science is kind of out of their recommendation. Joel spent a lot of time talking about how much he got out of the program, but this was truly a two-way street. Joel did fantastic work on some really great projects, and he was a smart and fun part of all the teams he worked on. If you're curious about how to get involved, Joel has a few tips. If you're interested in DH and you want to learn more, just go right in and start reading about
1: all these amazing projects that people are doing around the world. And and also, uh, I would say something that kind of guided me in my last year after I had kind of been in DH a bit and I was still, but I was still like choosing classes for my senior year is I would, I would kind of see like whether or not these people teaching these courses were like interested or open to using digital tools kind of read up on their bio or read up on some of the other courses they're taking and if they've kind of interested in in these the digital studies and then just talk to them about it that that's been super helpful to me and some of these professors of classes that I've taken that haven't explicitly been like a dh course like it was just a lit- literary studies course but the the professors you know they've done like digital work and those are the people that I I still keep in contact with and go to for advice and just to just to catch up,
0: both in the English department and in the computer science department. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Price Lab podcast. We want to thank the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation and Michael and Vicky Price for their generous support. Stephen Perez edited the conversation and composed the original music. Thanks so much for listening.